Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Ideas at ND. Um, this is another one of the McCloskey episodes. So we're doing episodes uh, with guests who competed in the McCloskey New Venture Competition, or are guests now, um, kind of in honor of the 20th anniversary of the McCloskey Competition in April 2020. Um, my guest on this podcast was uh, one of the coolest guests I've ever had. Um, I don't know if I've been if if I've ever been this excited for a podcast. Uh, it was Rob McColgan who is the co-founder and co-CEO of Modern Market, um, the restaurant at Notre Dame. Um, you know, kind of a loc- they're kind of headquartered in Denver, um, but most of you listening um, probably know, know them from you know, their location in Duncan Student Center, kind of at the heart of um, you know, student life in Notre Dame in such a popular spot. Um, so it's really cool to have them on the podcast. We talked a lot about um, how Modern Market is dealing with the coronavirus pandemic, um, you know, obviously a really tough time for restaurant owners everywhere, and um, they seem to be handling it really well, which is exciting. So we talked a lot about that and about how Rob kind of got into the restaurant industry um, without having much experience, um, you know, with restaurants at all. So really cool story, really cool guy. Um, hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. I know it's like, it's the craziest time ever for you. I mean... Appreciate you finding the time. Yeah, no, thank you for being very flexible with the time. Um, it's a little bit calmer this week than the previous couple, but yeah, when we initially scheduled this and then tried to reschedule, it probably was among the craziest times. Um, but yeah, things have calmed down just a little bit, so this works. That's exciting. So, um, so just to to kind of introduce you to uh, to everybody listening, you're the the CEO of um, Modern Restaurant Concepts, and you're the founder of Modern Market. Um, and a lot of the people that listen are, are from Notre Dame, so everybody loves Modern Market in Notre Dame. Everyone loves the barbecue uh, chicken pizzas and the the steak sandwiches and the kombucha and all that stuff. So, um, you know, you're kind of like a minor celebrity there, I guess. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, actually, to be technically correct, I'm the co-founder and co-CEO right okay. now. My, my business partner, Anthony, and I started Modern Market, call it 10, 11 years ago here in Colorado and uh, expanded it from uh, from you know one location in Boulder to you know close to 30. And um, a couple of years ago, um, started working with a private equity firm that then allowed us to uh, take over operations of another restaurant brand called Lemonade Restaurant Group, and they're based in California. And that led to the creation of Modern Restaurant Concepts. So we're currently eating both brands uh, simultaneously. Wow, that's really exciting. So um, I wanted to ask you, um, can you just tell me about you know, you mentioned the last few weeks have been have been kind of hectic. Um, what's it like running a restaurant business in the time of coronavirus um, with the the CARES Act and, and everything? And, and, you know, what is your life sort of looked like the last month or so, um, kind of everything being turned upside down? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a challenge. Um, you know, thankfully, you know, because Anthony and I, neither of us had any restaurant experience when we started. I mean, the first day, modern market officially opened was the first day we ever worked in a restaurant. So <laughs> the past the past the past ten years have really been defined by sort of adaptability and responding to change. And I, I think both of us would agree that that's part of our culture, that we're really good at responding to, you know, what 
you know, what's thrown our way. And we had to do that when times were good. And the last month has really been full of that. Um, so yeah, the, the, the first and, and primary challenge is just when the, there, there's restrictions coming from all levels of government that limit your ability to operate like you normally would, you know, you're going to suffer pretty dramatic sales declines, right? So responding initially to those sales declines and, you know, being able to, to try to keep as many restaurants as possible open um, when sales are down, you know, 50, 60, 70% plus, um, you know, is, is obviously the, the first thing that we were scrambling with. And then, you know, the, the probably the primary focus from the very beginning was, you know, the safety of our team members and our guests, right? So what are we doing to ensure that our team members who are, are able to operate in open restaurants, you know, what, what are the procedures that allow them to come to work and operate safely? Um, that then extends to making food safely for, for all of our guests. So we transitioned almost immediately to, um, no cash. So we were one of the first restaurants, I want to think, nationwide who just moved immediately to, to credit cards. Uh, so we wouldn't have to um, handle any cash back and forth with team members. All of our payment kiosks are kind of self-serve, so to speak. So that allowed for, you know, the interaction for guests that were ordering in the restaurants um, to, you know, have no contact with our team. Um, so that was a good initial first step. And then as the sort of quarantine measures and stay-at-home restrictions became more severe, just more of our business has transitioned to, you know, online ordering and delivery. So that was a growing, very important part of our business beforehand. And now, frankly, if you're not able to do those things well, then you're probably not open right now. So a majority of our orders come in through our websites and our, our loyalty uh, apps, which is great. And uh, we're able to do a decent amount of business for the restaurants that are open um, right now with, with those sales channels. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, it sounds like just really hectic and, and there's so many different things to think about, so many moving parts and, you know, it's sort of, it's changing every day, you know, it's like, it's a even hour to hour, you know, like, um, when, when this all first started, like earlier in March, I remember, you know, we'd be seeing things differently in the morning than we were in the afternoon on a single day. I mean, it's, it must be almost impossible to, to sort of predict what you're going to have to do the next day as a, as a business owner. What's it like, um, you know, you have, you have so many employees at, at, at you know, at your company and, and in the restaurant industry, what's it like sort of being the person, responsible for other people's jobs in a time like this. I know that's like a, a um, it's just sort of a, something I almost have a hard time imagining just as a college student, like being in charge of a, a company that employs people and, and, you know, their livelihoods are on the line in such a challenging time. What's that like kind of being in that position? Um, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, you have to always keep that in mind when you're making decisions, right? And, it, it isn't a new thing for us thinking about our team and putting the restaurants and our restaurant teams first and sort of at the top of the pyramid has been who we are and, and what we're about for, for a long time, if not from the very beginning. So we always recognize that our restaurant support is just that it's support for 
the people that really drive this business, which is our team members that work in the restaurants and that manage the restaurants. So keeping that, you know, front and center and having that make decisions um, is not new for us. So, so it's not like we had to immediately start thinking about things 180 degrees differently just because they got hard. Um, so, so that's, that's a positive, but overall it's, um, you know, it's a challenge. We've, we've had to temporarily close, you know, some locations. And that means that we've had to temporarily put on furlough, you know, several people. And that's, that's really hard. So, you know, what we've found is, you know, one of our sort of tenants is transparency. And, you know, we, we, while it doesn't necessarily make it a hundred percent easier, being truthful, honest, transparent, and communicating as frequently as possible what we're doing and why we're doing sometimes is the only thing we can do. And we've remained committed to that through uh, communication um, via whether it's mass texts, whether it's, um, you know, through email, through our payroll processing, through our scheduling software, and then probably most importantly, having town hall calls as frequently as possible where anyone in the company can join. So we're not making any decisions without broadcasting it internally first. And, you know, sometimes that's that's all you can do. And um, we've remained committed to that. And I hope it's making a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that that makes a ton of sense. Just being being transparent when you're when you're kind of in that leadership position and making sure that everyone's on the same page, um, you know, even as things change so quickly. Um, I wanted to ask you, so so you you studied finance and film at Notre Dame and then you worked in finance for a while for for six or seven years and then you go and you start your own restaurant business. Um, so I wanted to ask you sort of what that transition was like, you know, are you, do you, do you enjoy cooking or are you like someone, I know you mentioned you had no experience with restaurants at all, but like what, you know, how did this come about? Why did you decide to do this? Um, you know, and what was that, that kind of, um, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, intense transition it must've been. I mean, what, what was that all like? Yeah, it was, uh, God, it feels like a couple lifetimes ago, but, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And, um, you know, I guess it goes back to my friendship with my, my co-founder, Anthony, he and I met in high school and we were always just, you know, obviously best friends and then passionate about health and wellness and outdoor activities. And we just stayed friends after graduation and starting kind of our initial careers. And we were both interested in what the other person was doing. And he, for one of his jobs, did some consulting for some large food service companies. And that led us to start talking about how we felt like there just wasn't a restaurant we wanted to eat at every single day. And we thought long and hard about what that meant. Obviously, it meant the food had to taste great and had to be sort of a menu that would excite us eating there every day. But then it also needed to be kind of healthy, but then also, you know, affordable. And while, you know, regionally there was some small sort of chains maybe in the the east coast or in california where he was based there certainly wasn't anything with a national presence and that's what led us to start talking seriously about sort of what this would look like to start really thinking about a business plan and doing our research and our homework and you know it was a few months of that before we ultimately thought that there was just a really exciting opportunity 
that we were just both passionate about that would let us sort of take the leap. And, you know, yes, we, we both really enjoyed doing what we were doing. And I think for me, that meant, you know, not burning any bridges, so to speak, when I, you know, told my team that I was thinking of doing something else. Um, and then they were really sort of positive and supportive. Maybe they thought we were a little bit crazy, which is, which is understandable and, and okay. But, um, you know, it allowed us to kind of separate and, and give it a shot. And then, you know, also I'll be frank, it was kind of a good time personally to be doing it. My wife and I were renting an apartment in New York City. We didn't have any kids. We didn't have any cars. So, you know, I, I, frankly, we had a little bit less to lose than if we had kids and mortgages and whatnot. So it, it seemed to kind of, the stars seemed to kind of align to give something a shot that we were both passionate about. And, you know, we, we then took, uh, took a break from our jobs and, and moved to Colorado and, and started sort of fundraising. And that was until the last month, probably the hardest thing that we had done to date was, raising money for a restaurant that uh, when we didn't have any restaurant experience and it was during the sort of last financial crisis. So, um, you know, we hadn't, we hadn't necessarily operated in 2008. The first restaurant didn't open until the end of 2009, but I know what it's like to ask money when the markets are doing what they're doing. And that's, that was really challenging, but we ended up finding, you know, a, a core group of investors that really believed in what we were doing. And, um, you know, that allowed us to open the first restaurant and then go from there. Yeah, no, that, that makes a ton of sense. That's, um, that's really exciting. That's really cool to hear. I, uh, during my time in Notre Dame, I ran a, um, with actually with one of my best friends, a similar, I mean, not, not really a similar story, but, um, kind of along the same lines during my freshman year, uh, my best friend, Andrew and I, we ran a chocolate chip cookie business in Knott Hall at Notre Dame. And then, um, during our sophomore year, we ran a, a breakfast sandwich business. So we were kind of like doing the whole food sales thing, which is really popular at Notre Dame. And, um, you know, hearing your story is pretty exciting. Cause it's, uh, you know, it's a really cool thing to, you know, I think when you run any type of company, it's exciting to have customers that are passionate about your product and that want to pay money for your service. Like that's a really kind of, um, I think deep, deep, you know, deeply held, like exciting thing for entrepreneurs, but it's even better when it's food. There's something particular about cooking something for someone or, you know, having your restaurant make some, uh, some, some food for someone having them eat it and enjoy it on the level that people enjoy food and then want to come back for more. Like that's, it's just a really fulfilling thing. So, you know, hearing about how you, you know, you, you kind of, um, you know, you weren't really a, a restaurant person your whole life. Um, and you, you know, you had this, um, sort of like quote unquote regular job for a little while. Um, and then you were able to still, you know, kind of follow this, this thing that you were passionate about, um, you know, with your close friend, it's, it's a really cool story. It's really exciting. Yeah, no, it, it really has been, I wouldn't change anything we've gone through for the world. And, you know, I think that was an unexpected, what you just alluded to was an unexpected sort of surprise and benefit in, in doing this. Um, and starting out was that when we did finally open, um, being able to serve food to someone and nourish them and seeing their response immediately is one of the great things about the hospitality industry. And it's why this industry is so important. And there's so many articles and, and commentary right now about how the industry is in trouble. And it really, really is. 
Um, we are positioned well and we'll be fine and we'll come out of this, I believe, stronger than most. And that's because of the food we're serving, because of our sort of online digital sales channels. It's, um, you know, our leaning into delivery. But if you're a full service restaurant right now, um, it's very, very challenging. Um, you know, your margins weren't that great at the best of times and, you know, they're carried a lot by things like alcohol, right? And so when you don't have the ability to have a bar service and have people come to your restaurant and eat and you have to only do delivery, you're not making any money right now. And so the joys of serving great food to people and seeing the immediate smile on their faces um, is a really powerful one that makes people excited to work in this industry. Yeah. And we're using that. We're using that right now. Like we get the online commentary and it's wonderful seeing all the positive reviews, whether they're on Google and Yelp. And, you know, those are great, but nothing surpasses the, you know, the guest who, you know, comes up to the county afterwards and was like, you know, that was one of the best salads I've ever had. Or kids, um, you know, having probably the healthiest pizza that they could possibly have and, you know, telling their parents it's their favorite pizza and then sharing that with us. You know, those are the things that the industry is missing right now. And um, hopefully we get it back soon. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's unbelievable. That's like, um, that's really cool. I remember like, you know, I, I, it's such a, I, I'm so passionate about that. That feeling is so, it's so real. Like I remember when we had that cookie business, it was on Thursday nights. So it was this type of thing where, you know, kids at Notre Dame would go out or whatever, and then they'd come back to the dorm and, you know, you want something sweet late at night, some snack, and we'd have these cookies. And the way it was set up in not outside the kitchen, we had like foosball tables and ping pong tables. And I remember like a couple of months into the business when we had really picked up and, and, you know, um, kind of gotten traction, I looked out out from the window and there were, you know, people crowded around eating cookies, socializing. And it was like, man, you know, we brought people together and created something special with this food that we made. Like that's such a unique feeling that you get that I don't think applies to many other industries. I mean, it's like a, it's like you're producing art. It's, it's, it's along the same lines. So it's really cool. Um, I wanted to ask you, so you're, you were mentioning the food in particular, like the, the, you know, modern market has such healthy pizzas and the salads are, are, are known for being fantastic. What was the sort of menu design process like for you? If you, you, know, you had no restaurant experience, obviously everybody knows what food they like. Did you have to find chefs? Was there some sort of like taste testing process? Like how did you know when the menu was, was ready and was right? Yeah, there's a, a couple of different stages here. The very initial stage, you know, again, going back to acknowledging that we weren't foodies and, you know, we weren't even really good cooks, um, you know, started with the, you know, we feel like salads with, um, salads are critical, right? Um, they're, they're kind of always going to be on the healthier end of the spectrum. And we believe people should be, um, you know, eating their vegetables, so to speak. And, and so salads was always going to be on the menu. And then we felt that there were a couple things that would then help drive dinner traffic, right? Just a cold salad, um, is, is usually thought of as very one specific or maybe an appetizer at dinner, but not like a dinner meal. So we thought that having warm proteins would help 
translate it to be sort of more of a dinner meal. Yeah. Um, and so we knew from the very beginning that we didn't want to be the salad place that cooked chicken and chopped it up and just kept it cold and put it on the salad cold. Um, so we did the warm proteins right away. And then the second thing was, um, you know, was pizza. We felt like, you know, pizza with the right dough, um, and the right quality toppings, um, you know, could be both healthier and again, a, a good dinner option. So, you know, we went into it hoping that we wouldn't just be a run of the mill salad place, but that we'd be able to kind of offer a, a small curated menu that still delivered kind of on our belief that you shouldn't add anything to your food. It should be sort of natural whole ingredients. And then, you know, people can pick and choose their diets around that because they know what's in it. And, you know, what healthy is has changed dramatically in the 12 years since we first started doing our business plan. But the one constant that we've leaned into and will never change from is we know what's in our food. We choose what's in our food because we can make it from scratch in the restaurants. We can source the highest quality stuff that then has what we want it to be in it, which is just real food. So those were kind of the tenants that we started with and have not moved away from. Um, as far as the menu itself, we did work with a chef to help us kind of with that very initial menu. Um, and that's what we launched with. But to be honest, things changed pretty quickly and suddenly, you know, like what I said earlier, we were always good at adapting. We were always good at listening to um, our guests. We were always good at listening to our team. And then as we honestly got a little bit better at kind of knowing what flavors worked and what didn't, we just kept tinkering with the menu. And, you know, in the short term, that led to the menu turning over probably fully in the first couple months. Um, and then we really started meaning into our team and, and hiring people that had some culinary experience. And, you know, that led to the expansion of the menu. First, you know, having soups because it was cold and we didn't have any guests who wanted a cold salad when it was 10 degrees outside. So we added soups and then we added sandwiches because we thought that that would lead to more catering. And then by the opening of the third restaurant, we decided that breakfast would be interesting to try out. And then we did home style plates. And so there's been this constant adapting and evolution of the menu as we've learned more and as we've responded to um, what our guests are asking for. And, you know, that's led to a menu that is dramatically different than what we started with. But the food is dramatically better and it's more varied and it's more interesting. And now we have, I think, the best culinary team in the business that comes up and thinks through, you know, what should we be putting on the menu? Not next week, but next year, because we're now out of size where we have to think about you know, what is the sourcing of the right materials and food? What does distribution look like? And how do we roll this out to dozens of restaurants successfully? So it's changed a lot, but, um, you know, the, the core tenets of, you know, food with ingredients that we know and believe in and can trust will never change. That's fantastic. That is, that is so cool. And I think, um, you know, I can, I can say from experience that it definitely comes through when you when you go to Modern Market and um, the breakfast in particular. I got to say was a was an awesome move. I think um, it's it is really tough to 
to sometimes find like healthy but also hearty like breakfast options like it, it sometimes feels like you're either getting like toast which doesn't really have much sus- like sustenance or you're getting this kind of um really heavy sort of greasy breakfast and i think the like the little burritos that modern market has things like that are sort of um they're unique and they're healthy but they also have a little bit more substance to them that you're you're filled up for the day and kind of energized so i think it's a really you guys have definitely sort of identified identified needs well and and really executed fantastically so Thank you. No, thank you very much. I mean, we never wanted to go in and say, okay, well, everything on our menu has to be under 500 calories, right? There's a lot of places that have come and gone because they've done that. And those places are trying to pitch one thing and one thing only, and that's their version of health and health food. Right. And, you know, we, we have always leaned into, you know, more better for you. And, you know, leaving it open on letting our guests decide what that means. And that's why substitutions, you know, we've always not just allowed them, but encouraged them. Because if someone has a dietary restriction or an allergy, you know, we need to be able to be transparent about what's in the food so they can make the necessary choices and potential substitutions to make what's healthy for them. And, you know, healthy for us doesn't mean everything has to be 500 calories, right? So we're not always going to have the lowest calorie count across the board. But we can be open and honest about where those calories are coming from. And if someone doesn't want a salad with the normal amount of dressing for 750 calories, they can have the dressing on the side and we'll let you know that that salad becomes, you know, 450 calories. So we've always believed to allow people to decide what they want to not from not only a taste perspective, but also kind of a health perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, I think it's turned out really well. And I think it's, um, it's really cool. The spot you guys are in at Notre Dame and kind of at the heart of Duncan student center is, uh, you know, really prime location. And I think, um, it's definitely a thing now at Notre Dame. Like we're I, like I've been in class at Debart, and we, you know, if we get out at like twelve fifteen, um, you know, and and I'm I'm walking out of class with friends and we're hungry. Well, you know, Modern Market's one of the, the first places that comes to mind to go eat. So it's definitely sort of it's worked out well, and and it's a big part of the school now. So that's that's pretty exciting and must be kind of cool, like being you know being an alumnus and and coming back and having your restaurant be at the center of the the student center in Notre Dame. It's very, um, it's kind of surreal, to be honest. It's very cool, but it is kind of surreal. And, you know, it's, it's great hearing you say that and, and talk about how it gets utilized because, you know, even how we came about there was just kind of random. I mean, I was in an investment class my senior year that has kind of a reunion, so to speak, on campus every five or so years. And so, you know, call it whatever that last one was four or five years ago, um, you know, an administrator was up talking about kind of the expansion air, expansion plans for campus. And it was the first time I had ever heard of the, you know, Crossroads project and kind of what they were doing with the stadium. And so when they said, hey, um, there's going to be the, a new student center here and it's going to have food. You know, immediately, you know, my ears perked up and, you know, I afterwards, I kind of raised my hand to the right people and said, hey, have you guys decided what food will be here? And, you know, as luck would have it, we had just opened our second unit in an airport. So we have two units at Denver International Airport, and those really led us to understand what kind of operating in a food court 
um, was kind of like. So not operating a, a kind of a full restaurant with a dining room, but a smaller restaurant um, in, in more of a food court. And then also having a, an operating partner that, you know, we're not running it ourselves. So we work with a separate company who operates the restaurants in the airport. And that led us to understand what it would be like to have the university operate a restaurant for us. So we kind of felt like we had the expertise now and, you know, as luck would have it, no decisions had been made about what was going to be yet put in the, in the Duncan student center. And we were able to, to sort of get in the line and, and, and win out. But yeah, it is kind of surreal because I remember, you know, lunches at South dining hall and if something was, was late, I couldn't get it. Having to run over to a fortune um, was always kind of a pain. So, yeah, it's cool to hear that um, you know students are enjoying it and uh, it kind of fits into your lifestyle. Yeah, a hundred percent. It it absolutely does. It's it's fantastic. Um, and kind of ta- speaking of uh, you know being involved still at Notre Dame, um, what's your involvement been like in McCloskey and and you know the venture the venture competition and um, you know what's your experience with with all of that. Yeah, um, well, um, going back to 2009, um, you know, we ended up submitting our business plan that we were using at the time to start raising funds to the McCloskey Business Plan Competition. And we went through that whole process. And as, as luck would have it, we actually won that year. So that those funds that we did, the part of the winnings, was really the first money that actually came into our bank account. So that um, McCloskey business plan competition and sort of the entrepreneurship group overall in Notre Dame um, probably would have had a special place in my heart regardless because of, uh, of going to Notre Dame. But to having won that and going through it and having so many great people sort of help us and provide insight and, and guidance, but then also support. Um, you know, really solidified, you know, our belief that it can really make a difference. So I've continued to, to be a, a judge in those competitions in subsequent years and, and helped with, you know, mentoring some teams in years where I, I, I know I have the time. Um, and it's been a, it's been a rewarding experience. It's so cool to see how much it's grown. Um, I'm pretty sure with the quality candidates I've seen in recent years, we probably wouldn't win if we applied this year. So we're lucky we took advantage of it when we did. Yeah, that's a, it's funny you mentioned that. That's like a common, um, a common theme when I ask people who, who competed in the past, who did really well, you know, they all kind of say, I'm, I'm stunned by the, the quality of, business plan that's getting entered nowadays they all they all feel like they wouldn't um you know they wouldn't do so well if they were to enter now i mean i think it's just uh the the competition's grown so much and um i think it's real it's it's really really cool to see you know the restaurant at the heart of duncan student center was a winner of mccloskey i think that's really like a fitting a fitting thing and um you know just just really cool it kind of speaks to the i I think you know entrepreneurship's growing a lot at notre dame and has in the past 10 or 15 years and um, you know, I think you guys are a really good example of, of kind of the product of, of what that can do. Well, thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast and taking some time out of your, your really busy schedule and in such a hectic time. Um, you know, good luck with everything going forward and thank you again. Thank you very much, Patrick. Really appreciate the time. 
All right. So that was Rob McColgan from Modern Market. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you liked it, please subscribe, review, all that. Um, and stay safe, everybody. Thanks again for listening.